Well, hello and welcome back to Kindled. Today, I have a very interesting and lively conversation with Alicia Hutchinson to share with you all on um, homeschooling, everything you wanted to know about homeschooling, whether you are considering it, whether you are in the middle of it, you're having struggles with it. You just want to hear from a veteran homeschool mom who uh, well, has been doing this 16 years, has graduated a child, and even still has one in elementary. Alicia just has a lot of practical down-to-earth wisdom and encouragement and I left this conversation feeling like anyone can homeschool. <laughs> I could homeschool. And so that's a that's a really huge blessing, I know, to to many of us who are either considering it or have um have already taken that leap and maybe just need some fresh ideas or inspiration. So before I press play on that, I do want to let you know about Alicia's uh, magazine that she produces called the Learning Well Journal. You can subscribe at alishahutchinson.com slash magazine. Alicia has been an advertiser with us in the past, and um, the journal that she produces, the magazine really, is amazing. It is beautifully done. It has such good just content and suggestions for uh, moms that want to take some of their learning most of their learning offline and just do more hands-on real life activities, get messy with their kids, bake things, make things. I think it's just, it's beautiful. It's inspirational. You'll want to save every issue and have it on your coffee table. So check that out. Go to her website at alishahutchinson.com slash magazine. All right, here is my conversation with Alicia. So today on Kindled, I'm chatting with Alicia Hutchinson. Alicia, thanks for joining me. Sure thing. Happy to be here. So um, we've been trying to nail this down and have this conversation for a long time. I'm glad that we are finally face-to-face over Zoom. Uh, but I want to talk with you about what I view as kind of your area of expertise, and that is homeschooling. So uh, tell us who you are, what you do, how long you've been homeschooling, how many kids you have, all of that. Yeah. So I'm Alicia. I live in Minnesota, but we've homeschooled now. This is our third state that we're homeschooling in. Uh, I have four kids. Um, my oldest is 21 and then I have an 18 year old and a 16 year old and a 10 year old. So we've been homeschooling for 16 years now. My oldest has graduated <clears throat> and my second oldest is a senior this year and then a 10th grader and then elementary. And, uh, we, what else did you ask me? Sorry. Um, did you yeah, want so me to how get long... into how we got started or, um, and then, well, tell us about also you have Learning Well magazine, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> tell us about so that. that's my homeschooling part of my life. We've been homeschooling for about 16 years. Um, and I when when they were little, when they were little, and I think it was like my first or second year of homeschooling, the mom blog thing really started to come on the scene. And I thought it was really fun. And I really didn't love social media. And we just really had Facebook. So I was like, blogging seems fun. All these other moms are doing it. And it was just a fun way for my mom to kind of see what we were doing during the day. And she was my only reader. So I started blogging about 16 years ago. And then uh, it it's just kind of grown into a business. And in Oh, about two years ago, we launched kind of a print version of the blog. And so we have Learning Well Journal, which is a quarterly print magazine. And I try to encourage moms, especially, um, of course, everybody, but moms, especially to get off their phones and to do more things like in real life, more tangible, physical things. And so uh, we just do a print magazine and it just, it 
it, the purpose of it is to encourage and equip um, moms and families in their faith and their families and their homes and their homeschools. So that's kind of the business side of things. And actually today, as we're recording this, it's my anniversary and I've been married to Jared for 21 years. Oh, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. A fun time of year to get married. I love, love October. It was the best. It's beautiful. It's finally feeling like fall here in Kansas. I don't know what it's like up there in Minnesota. Just getting there, which yeah. I'm happy for the long summer. It's mm. all good. It's a long yeah. winter here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I I am like, I want fall. I want fall to be the longest season. If I could yeah. have my ideal weather, I would have like half the year be fall. So, um, but it's it's usually the shortest year. So that's mm-hmm. sad. Um, but okay, so getting into homeschooling, you started 16 years ago. Uh, tell us the story of how that happened. What prompted it? You know, your, how your husband was about that decision. Just tell us about that. Well, I feel like I can't really talk about how we started homeschooling without how I became a mom because I, um, I just don't think I'm like a likely candidate to be a stay at home mom. I didn't, I was never a feminist. I was never like, ew, kids, but I was just very into, I don't know. I just, in high school, I just never pictured myself as a mom. I was never, I never liked babysitting. I just wasn't that kind of person. And so when I was in high school, my plan was to move to the big city get a good, cool job and to really probably just live by myself forever. And I thought that would be really fun. Mm -hmm. And because God is the way he is, um, and his plans are always best, uh, about five minutes after I got out of high school, I found myself pregnant with my oldest and I was like, okay, well that, that wasn't the way I thought this was going to go. Um, and so I had my first baby, uh, my 21 year old, uh, at 19. I was 19 when I had him. And it was literally like a lightning bolt bolt moment that when they, you know, when you have your baby and they kind of throw them on your chest, which I wasn't expecting. I just, it was like, God was like, okay, Alicia, like this is, this is my plan for you. Like you're Mm -hmm. sitting here with these big ideas. That's cute. But this is my plan for you. And I looked over at Jared and I was like, I hope it's okay. I I can't go back to work. Like, I know we're going to be super poor, (laughs) but I can't, I can't go back to work. And we were just so young and dumb. He was just like, okay, sure. And you know, it's worked out. It's always worked out. God has always provided. And, um, but that was kind of like my introduction to motherhood. I didn't know anything really. Uh, because I didn't really care to, and it wasn't ever on my radar. And then I was suddenly just fully immersed with this little boy that I was just absolutely over the moon with and still Mm -hmm. am. So, um, when he was five and everybody, you know, that's, you send your kids to kindergarten and that's just what everybody does. All of our public schools in our small town switched to full day kindergartens. Before that, it was just half day. It was like eight to noon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was for me. When I was in kindergarten, we went every other day. It was never this, you know, you go early and you have breakfast at school and then you go mm-hmm. all day long as a five-year-old and then they have an after school program. And then what they, it was never like that. It was always very minimal which felt doable, still kind of scary to me as my oldest child. But I was like, well, okay. But then they switched it and they made it to full day kindergarten that year that he was going to school. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't 
bear it. Like I couldn't think of like, I couldn't wrap my brain around the idea of this child that I had been with 24 seven for five years. And then he's just suddenly gone for like the best part of the day, yeah. you know? And so I, begged my husband. I'm like, can we homeschool? I had two really amazing mentor friends that had homeschooled and they were like, you should try it. I think you would really love it. And I was like, I know, but Jared was not on board. He was afraid our kids would be really weird. And, um, again, we just had no experience with it. And then we, we found a very small, um, Lutheran school that had half day mm-hmm. kindergarten and we sent him to that. And it was amazing. Really. Mm-hmm. His teacher was older. She'd been teaching for many years. Uh, I think that year she actually was retiring. He had a class of 10. It was super sweet. And, um, but it was near the end of that year and he got sick and he missed like two weeks in a row of school. And I went to go pick up his work and it was all worksheets and he finished it all in like 10 minutes. Mm. And I just was like, okay, I wanted to do this. I still want to do this. I really think we could do better. Like Mm -hmm. Mrs. Flack was amazing, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I, at home, I just feel like we can do so much better. So Mm. I sat Jared down again and I just tried to present my case non-emotionally. I was like, listen, I can't do this without your blessing. I don't want to do it without your blessing. I knew that I could just go and like, I knew what I had to do, just sign the, you know, um, exemption form that I was going to take him out of school or whatever. I knew I could do that, but I wanted his blessing and he was worried that it would be too much. Um, I was pregnant. He was worried that it was just going to be too much with a baby. And then I had a three-year-old or a two-year-old at the time. And then I was about to have a baby and he's like, well, okay. He's like, let's just try it for a year. And that was 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's how we got started. Really the root of it was, I just wanted to be with my kids. I loved Mm -hmm. like that family fabric that we had when we were all home. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved doing life with my kids. I, I just, I loved it so much. And I just didn't see why it had to be over just because he turned a certain age. Um, and since then, obviously I've just realized how much, I think more than anything, it was just like a mother's intuition of just feeling like he's too little. I don't know what's going on because I can't be there. And, um, I think that you know, it was just kind of my naivete that, that kind of just made me jump in. And then since then I'm like, oh my gosh, there are just so many benefits that I didn't even fathom before, Mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to be with him, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just a million reasons why we've continued. So, Yeah. yeah. Man, that's so good. That's such a good story. I'm glad you told that. I think people can probably identify with so much of what you shared. And um, I know, you know, my audience probably knows for the most part that I was homeschooled as well through seventh grade and then graduated from a universe university model school where it was just like three days a week and did my coursework and then homework, homeschool on the other days or whatever. But I think that, um, yes, I, what you described about the family fabric when we're all together, like that is, it just feels right. 
to me anyway, to a lot of people, maybe not to everybody, but it feels like this is how it's supposed to be. This is like on a Saturday or Sunday. Why do people love the weekends, right? Because you get to be together because you're spending time together. Um, And yeah, I think that there's just something that we have lost in our culture where we have so normalized separating parents from children for the majority of their weeks. Uh, The majority of their awake time is spent not with their family, not with their parents, um, not around their siblings. You know, they're kind of built in community that God has provided. And so I think we see a lot of issues in culture that stem from that, you know, um, which is getting ahead of ourselves. But uh, yeah, I love what you shared there. So as a veteran homeschool mom, you've graduated one kid and yet you still have a a child in elementary school. You've been doing this a long time. Um, What would you say is the best part about homeschooling and then maybe the most challenging part of it. Mm-hmm. I think the best part with teenagers. Okay. I'll, I'll say two things with littles. I think the best part is just the sweet, like just the sweet hands-on stuff, like baking a pie together, reading the picture books, uh, going on nature walks, going on the little field trips that you can do the little art projects, like just those little moments that are just quiet. Like they're not always pretty. They're just sweet and just an innocent, like time in a homeschool mom's life. As the kids get older though, I will say my favorite part is the conversations. Mm-hmm. Teenagers are so fun and like mm-hmm. ridiculous and funny. And they're like, many adults. So you can really mm-hmm. start to see like who they're going to be as adults. Mm-hmm. It's such a fun thing. Like, I don't know. You just get these glimpses of like who they're going to be as dads and moms and yeah. husbands and wives. And it's just so fun. So I do love, I love that. Those are probably my favorite parts of the younger kids and the older kids. And I think probably the biggest challenge is just like you kind of come to the realization as a mom, like that, that, that that's with our kids all the time. You're like, my time is not my own. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. And so it requires a major mind shift, especially if you've had your kids in, you know, a preschool or a, a, a school setting and you're taking them out. Um, it it's, it's like when you have a baby and you go mm-hmm. from zero kids to one kid and you're like, Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have no real freedom anymore, but I think that really it's something that can be solved with setting up good boundaries, good, a good routine, not, not to be like rigid or run like a school. Cause we're not a school, we're a home, but have a good routine with your kids and also institute a quiet time. So you get a little bit of quiet every day, even with teenagers, cause they do need it too. And most of the time they're running around doing their out of home stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just, we live in a culture that is so self-obsessed. Everything is self-care, self, self, self. What are you doing for you? Do what your heart says. It's like, oh my gosh, it's just so inundated in the culture that as a homeschool mom, it does feel kind of like, oh my gosh, like I, this is very Mm countercultural, very. And, and, And sometimes, yeah, it is really taxing where you go to bed at night and you're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is a lot. This is a lot. Like just this morning, I had a really hard time starting the day because I've gotten poor sleep this week. I, 
I, I do feel like I haven't gotten a lot of like quiet moments to myself. Like my brain just kind of feels like kind of mm-hmm. clustered. You know what I mean? It's just kind mm-hmm. of like, and so even after this long, it's like, you have to just prioritize, you know, real self-care, getting out, going for a walk, getting your sleep, eating well, those are all things you're going to have to do anyway, whether you're homeschooling or not. Uh, but it, it can be a challenge to mm-hmm. really, you know, get over yourself <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. I want to interrupt this episode to tell you about one of our sponsors, Fiercely Penned Journals. These are journals for Christian moms and their kids made by a Christian mom and marriage and family therapist. These journals go beyond just a book and are made with this purpose in mind to help moms cultivate a healthy mind and spirit through the practice of journaling by building discipline, helping you slow down, recognizing and acknowledging God's work in your life through answered prayer requests and so much more. Each journal features several page options, including blank pages, lined pages, and prompted pages. So prayer prompts, motherhood, gratitude, that sort of thing. All the journals are repurposed from old hardcover books, which is so cool, and then hand-painted and hand-bound, creating a -a one-of-a-kind journal for a -a one-of-a-kind mom or daughter. Sons, too. My girls are absolutely journalers. They actually, we let them stay up five minutes at bedtime every single night to write in their journals and they love doing that so they are going to love these journals they're so cute and i just like that there is some structure to it so it gives kids ideas and also helps them recognize that they can pray for things and then look for how god will work in their life these are super cool check them out at fiercelypenned.com and use the coupon code kindled 15 for 15 percent off your purchase again that's fiercelypenned.com Kindled 15 for 15% off. I mean, and I think everyone who's listening, whether you're homeschooled or not, can understand that. And I think that's a lot of people's fears is what your husband voiced. My Mine has voiced as well, because I've always had in mind that I would probably homeschool at some point. Just, I think it's hard. I've said this on Instagram that once you homeschool as a student, it's really difficult to get it out of your brain. It's very, it's, it's so, in my opinion, it's just, yeah. maybe that's just me, but it has, it has always been like embedded in my consciousness as like this ideal that was so great. And I loved so many things about it. And I really enjoyed the hybrid schedule. And I was, you know, all these things, these positives in my mind of like, I was ready for college when I went and I don't even necessarily hope my get my kids go to college these days, but I, I just, it was really good to prepare me for what was next and managing my time. Anyway, so I've always had it in my brain and my husband who went to public school and has never had, you know, any really direct um, experience with homeschooling does, you know, has been concerned in the past about like, would you be okay? Would you be able to handle it. I don't want you to resent me or resent the kids or, you know, it's almost like recognizing that, yes, it's very hard because it's coming up against your sin nature. And I know that's going to happen. And I'm worried about you. (laughs) You It's kind of hilarious. Like I'm worried about how your sin is going, how your flesh is going to respond. And even just your like physical needs too. Like I'm concerned about that. And it, it just always kind of makes me laugh. Cause I'm like, so you're basically saying like, I'm not sanctified enough or something. Right. Which is, oh which is yeah. Not, not and I would saying, definitely but. say, I would definitely say that. Yeah. I can speak from personal opinion, uh-huh. personal experience. It is a sanctifying thing to yeah. do. Oh yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> and anything, sure. like you said, having a baby, 
mm-hmm. um, very difficult. Like I, you know, I think most moms that I know have agreed and said zero to one is the hardest number because you are going from absolute freedom and autonomy to absolute slavery to this child. And it's, it's like yeah. the best kind of slavery, but, but you are <laughs> like, you are tied to them, their nap schedule, their needs, you know, you can't go to the shower, you take a shower without even thinking like, what if they need me? What if I, how will I hear them? You know, you just have to think about someone else all the time. I think that that's a good way to probably think about what homeschooling is, is like, there isn't that autonomy of um, your life before where you, you know, you knew that by eight 30, you'd be able to start getting your day going, whatever, you know, after drop off. And uh, so, yeah, that's hard. And, and the flesh is going to come into play there. Absolutely. There's just no way to avoid that. Um, so what would you, what would be your advice to someone who's kind of considering homeschooling, um, who's thinking about that for the future, someone like me who is going, okay, this is something that I want to do, but I am concerned about those aspects, those hard things. I know that that's going to be a reality. What would you say to someone like me, you know, as a veteran homeschool mom, who's been through that, what would your encouragement be? Well, I think two things. I think as as we, if we know kind of what the bad parts are probably going to do or going to be, we can kind of arm ourselves and be ready. You know, mm-hmm. if if we know like this is going to be hard, a hard shift and I'm going to need to, like I said, get over myself and I'm going to need, you know, to remember like these days aren't my own anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you can kind of get that through your head, and kind of gear gear yourself up for that first, um, then maybe it won't be so hard. Um, as someone once told me to set your expectations really low and you won't be disappointed. So maybe Mm. that's a way to do it. I don't know. It seems Mm. kind of pessimistic, but, um, (laughs) but I, I think if you, I think what I mean by that is if, if you already know, like, it's going to change vastly, like your life is going to change vastly, then, you're not going to be shocked when it actually does change mm-hmm. vastly. Um, and then secondly, I think most of us did go to public school. And so we have this idea in our mind what school should look like. And I think that we re- we really need to remember that our kids aren't in school anymore. And so everything that we thought we knew about school, we really should ditch those ideas. We don't need the school's curriculum. Mm. We don't need to follow their book lists. Uh, we don't need to follow their, um, credit counts for high schoolers. We are our own school and you're in charge, which actually it's a beautiful thing. We can set our own boundaries or our own like, uh, routines for the day. And that is, it's a lot because it's a lot of responsibility, but it's amazing because you can find exactly what fits with your family. Mm-hmm. And it actually is so much simpler than we think it is. Mm-hmm. So that is, I think the most, the biggest advice that I would say is to just don't overcomplicate it. People have said for years that to homeschool, all you really need is a library card and a math curriculum. And I think that's so true. And I would just add in your Bible, mm-hmm. start your day simple with with Bible, just open up to Proverbs every day with your kids, no matter how old they are, everybody gets a Bible, read the proverb of the day and just talk about it for five minutes. And that's five minutes. Everybody move on to like copy work and you can do so much language arts just with copying 
Yeah. So just, you know, for language arts, just do some copy work with your kids, especially with the younger years. There's just, you can be done with school. Honestly, two hours would be a lot <laughs> like with, with little kids, like third grade and under, uh, you can be done really, really quickly. So, and then just do a math lesson with each kid, um, throw in some art projects here and there, bake together. Uh, just don't overcomplicate it you know, set up some quiet time after lunch. Um, everybody has to go to their room and read quietly or take a nap for an hour at least. And then when they get up, kick everybody outside and make them go play <laughs> until dinner. Wow. And, yeah. and it's just, especially when they're little, we don't have to make it look like school. We don't have to have hard stop and hard start times. We can start when everybody is kind of like getting, you know, up and awake for the day, uh, you can start gently. Everybody can start in the living room with blankets if you want to, or if you want everybody around the table, whatever it works for your family. Um, but I mm -hmm. think just to remember to not replicate the school because you just took your kids out of the school right. and there's so much broken there. Like you're at mm -hmm. home, like enjoy mm -hmm. the brownies, enjoy the fireplace, enjoy mm -hmm. home and make it cozy, make it memorable. Like these are memories that your kids are going to have forever. And so just if you can kind of unhinge from the school, you know, just the whole school idea of what school should look like, um, and just make it home, you know, and you're just doing school at home. Yeah, man, that's, uh, <laughs> that is, pretty monumental what you just shared there. And you also gave everyone like a, a plan for their day. So thank you for that. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I love everything you said. I think that is really, really hard for those of us that even though I homeschooled and even though that was my experience personally, my kids have been in a private Christian school since my daughter was in kindergarten. And yeah, it, it is really overwhelming to think about, oh my gosh, how do I replicate social studies and math and all they're doing with grammar and then they have science projects and oh, I don't, I'm not good at that. Or I don't like doing science projects. Do I have to do that? Like thinking of all the things that I feel like I would need to replicate to do a good job or to do what I, in my mind is going to be even to my kids expectation is going to be like on par with school because they're very, I mean, depending on who, who your children are, mine is like, one of them is a type a, like remembers things that I don't remember. And it's like, mom, you forgot this, you know, and would like keep me on my toes. And I feel like like, I don't want to disappoint her or make her think that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm like unqualified to, you know, an unfit mother here, like trying to do this. And so I'm sure that's hard for those people who are transitioning from a school environment as well, just like helping your kids adjust expectations. And I think there's so many things that make that make that attractive. Like you were describing, like your home, you get when it's beautiful out, you can go sit on the front porch and yeah. read, do your reading there instead of in a classroom. Like, how is that not a good thing? Like, I can't imagine any kid being like, no, I'd rather be at a desk, you know? So right. there's a lot of really obvious positives, but I would imagine there's an unlearning for the kids too, that, that is, yeah. you know, you've, we were, this is different. Like you said, this is not school at a building. This is not school at school. This is school at home. And so it's going to look really different. And we all kind of have to have a blank slate in our minds as far as what that is going to be and not carry so much of the expectation and the burden from whatever we're coming from, you know, whether that be public or private or, or something else. 
Um, what, how would you encourage, um, you know, if the, if the kid, oh, sorry, if there's a, a child that is maybe hesitant to want to leave, you know, um, like, like I've shared, you know, I've talked with my kids about that as far as, you know, when is that going to be a good idea for us? And they've in at, at times in the past been very opposed to the idea. They're like, we love school. What? No, even though, you know, like they also love ice cream. I wouldn't let them have ice cream for breakfast just because they love it. So I'm not saying we are guided by our children, but how would you, do you have any advice for that situation when kids are like, oh, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be home. I like seeing my friends, that sort of thing. Right. Well, and I think like even the strictest of moms and dads, I think like we all deep down do have a desire to see our kids happy. We don't want, yeah. we don't want to set rules for them that are, or, or, or make choices in their life for them that make them feel like they're missing out or like they're, you know, left out or lonely or any of mm -hmm. that. Like we don't, we don't want, you know, we are the parent, we know that, and we're going to ultimately be the deciding factor in the family, but right. we want them to be happy. And yeah. so I think that I think just lots of conversations and also mm -hmm. kind of like what I was saying, like talk about the positives, like, mm -hmm. okay. And, and I will say too, I didn't have to, I, my oldest only went to kindergarten mm -hmm. and he's, he just, he was super happy to, to try something new. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, okay, mom's going to teach me now. And he was so little, it was a different scenario. Sure. Uh, but I think like, if you just keep, especially probably with your oldest probably would have the hardest time. Uh -huh. Um, you know, if you have a child that's super type a, and you're maybe not as type a, a list goes a long way. You know, mm, if you can yeah. make them a list for the day before they're even awake and they wake up and they see a checklist, it makes yeah. mom look like she's super on it. And so <laughs> yeah. that's just a little tip, but I mm. would say too, like, if you're going to pull your kids out to just really talk a lot about it and don't fight with your kids, like listen to them. Mm -hmm. because they have feelings and, and, and they're valid. They're valid. Mm -hmm. This is all they've known. Their lives are very short. So you have to think about mm -hmm. like, you know, how much of their life have, has been in school. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just tell them why you are excited mm -hmm. about it because kids can really get on board. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you're like, okay, uh, I am really looking at this, you know, set of books that I'm thinking about buying for next year. And it looks so exciting to me because, you know, it's about this, you know, time in history. And I don't know, I'm just really excited about it. Something I don't know much about, like maybe this yeah. would be really, really fun. Or I don't know if your kids are hands-on or if they like to cook or whatever, but just like, I am really looking forward to, you know, being able to make dinner with you guys every night or, yeah. you know, every week we could do this science project or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, so maybe just as those thoughts are running through your own heads, just speak them out loud just so they can mm -hmm. see where you're at too. And, yeah. you know, hopefully that enthusiasm will be contagious and, you know, you can tell them too, like, Hey, we're just going to try this. Like, maybe it will be a total fail. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm a little nervous too. And we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but you know, really, I just want to be with you. And yeah. I, I want our family to have a lot more time together and like more flexibility mm -hmm. and we don't have to follow the school schedule anymore. We can kind of go right. out of town when we want to, or right. go to grandma's on a Tuesday morning. And those are all reasons I'm really, really looking forward to next year to homeschool. So we'll just see how it goes. You know, yeah. I'm a little nervous too, right. you know, just so they know you're human and mm -hmm. you're not just 
this battle axe that's like trying to ruin. I want to share with you a sponsor that I love and you have heard about before if you listen to Kindled, and that is Alongside Them. Alongside Them provides catechisms for your children that actually engage your whole family as you learn either the Ten Commandments or the basics of the Christian faith together. So the basics catechism will ground your whole family in uh, truths of the faith as you learn about God, Jesus, repentance, faith, sin, and more, while the commandments catechism will reveal God's character to you and your kids. So the commandments expose our sinfulness by showing us our inability to keep them, and they point us to our Savior, Jesus Christ, who obeyed God's law perfectly. Both of those are must-haves, and I keep mine out on my back counter. Uh, You probably notice it in my Instagram stories when I share stuff from my kitchen. It is always out, and my kids flip through it, and I just love to have it in our home. If you already have both of those, then check out their Bible reading plan for kids. Those are very popular, and you'll get a very cute plan that your kid can follow along with, keep in their Bible as they read through scripture, uh, either on their own or with you as a family check out all of their products at comealongsidethem.com and the code is still kindled five for five dollars off your purchase again that's comealongsidethem.com kindled five for five dollars off you know yeah yeah those are all such really good very good ideas i think the list is genius i actually started putting our like weekly menu on this whiteboard that's in the kitchen which i've never done and i just for my own organization and meal planning was like i need to really get on this so now i'm doing that and they are obsessed with it. Like they go to the menu every day. They're like, Oh, what's for dinner? And it's just so yeah. funny. It's like, I didn't think it would make a big deal to them, but they really enjoy seeing what my plans are. And I think that's because they're little women, they're little ladies yeah. who are turn- going to probably be moms someday who are going to have their own homes. And there's that, th- that part of us that is built in wanting to kind of run the show and like make decisions and say, what are we doing today? Or what's the plan? And, and they, they want to do that. And so as much as I can include them in what my plans are and help them have some influence in that as well. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's going to serve, that's going to go a long way. So those are great, great ideas. Um, launching from a couple things you mentioned there, you know, the books and, and science projects makes me think about how do you encourage moms to go about choosing curriculum or families? How, how, where do you even begin? Because I feel like that is a that is a wide world. And I know that, that we could have, you know, a whole series of podcasts on that topic alone, but just generally, what would be your advice on getting started choosing curriculum? Yeah. And I think like this, I would, I would file under mistakes that I made that I wish I would have done differently. I, in, in the 16 years of homeschooling, I have bought way too much stuff just way too much stuff. There is Mm -hmm. so many choices out there. And I know I hear from real, real old, older veterans that have been homeschooling since like the early eighties. And they're like, when we started, we had a Becca and that was all we had, which I wouldn't recommend personally. I wouldn't recommend something like that just because it's very textbooky. And that's not, um, I feel like it's not a very great choice for our homeschool for sure. But there are a po- you know, not, not like the early eighties, we have so many choices and it's mm-hmm. almost like you get a little bogged down by it. Yeah. And I think when you're, especially when you're newer and you're trying to do all the right things, you think that you need curriculum for every single thing mm-hmm. and you need a million books just to get started. And so I think that I way over purchased, you know, in the first like half of our homeschooling lives. And, um, you really don't need a ton. 
uh, I think that, like I said, a library card is very, very beneficial. Um, I do think that it's important to build your own home library though, too, mm-hmm. because, um, there's a lot of the good old classics that are, you just can't find anymore. They're out mm-hmm. of print and the libraries are throwing them away. So, um, so I do think that you need to start a home library as well, but when your kids are, I, okay. So I think everybody needs probably their own math curriculum. So, you know, you can start there, uh, because everybody that's a pretty, you know, developmental subject where you really can't lump everybody together very easily. So that, or like a language arts curriculum, if you wanted to do something, you know, there, but you don't have to do a phonics, a handwriting, a spelling, a grammar every single year. Mm -hmm. It depends on where they're at in um, age and, and where they're at in their reading skills. But the first thing you want to do is just to get your child to read well. And I love phonics. So I would just start with phonics, letter recognition, and then with some phonics. And then you can reuse that for all of your kids, Um, whatever program you start to, you know, that you go with. I loved Hooked on Phonics. Um, And then everybody has a math curriculum. And then honestly, beyond that, you can lump together so many different subjects everybody can do science together when mm-hmm. they get to like high school. It does get a little dicey, but I will say I have a, tw- a 12th grader and a 10th grader. They do a lot together still, even at yeah. high school. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, not every kid needs every subject on their own. Right. So that's where I just got way off the rails. I'm like, Oh, mm. okay. Jack needs a, a science and Noah needs a science. Like, no, mm. <laughs> just do it together. It's yeah. so much easier. And that's where you're going to save sanity as well. Right. So your history, uh, your read aloud, if you're doing a read aloud in the mornings or whatever together, do all of that together. Uh, um, history, science, if you're going to study music or art or any of those kinds of, um, subjects, just do them all together as a family. And it also creates that togetherness that I think is such a beautiful part of homeschooling is like, then you're sitting at the dinner table and everybody's talking about world war two mm-hmm. and, um, they might be at different levels. Like you can assign maybe harder books to your older kids and maybe the more hands-on crafty things to your younger kids, but everybody's kind of doing the same thing. And that's a really cool thing too, because yeah. you're all kind of I don't know. Everybody's kind of part of the conversation, which is really mm-hmm. fun. So I would say, you know, I I do have lots of posts about this on my blog. If you mm-hmm. want to just kind of see what we've used, yeah. Uh, but definitely, you don't need you don't need a ton, and especially for your first year or years, um, especially if your kids are coming out of the public school system or even a private school, um, just start simple. Just have mm-hmm. a read aloud in the morning, do a math lesson and do some language arts and call it a day and kind mm-hmm. of be like de what would the word be when you're just kind of debriefing from yeah. um yeah, decompress or whatever from just kind of that busyness of having right. the bells and having the different class periods all day. It's it, you know, just kind of train them that it's not gonna be exactly like that. We're gonna do it a little differently. And then mm-hmm. Um, that's how I would kind of make that transition. Yeah. That's really helpful. I'm just curious. This isn't even on my question list, but what are your thoughts on 
you know, the university model or the, um, the hybrid options that are out there. You know, I know that there's, those are as, as numerous as, you know, the colors of the rainbow, but there are, you know, there's everything from a Monday, Wednesday program where you've got some science, like the, the enrichment subjects, science, music, art, PE, that sort of thing. Or there's, you can take your full course load through that and just be at home more. I know you can't go into all of those, but like, what are your personal thoughts on it? Just as far as I know you're a homeschool, you've done a hundred percent homeschool, right? So you haven't had any supplement. Well, um, well, we have done, like we've done some co-ops and things okay. like that. Um, I always said, I really don't want to dissect eyeballs on my <sighs> dining room table, but I kind of forgot why I made that rule for myself. And now my 10th grader actually right behind me, I have a box of animal things that need to be oh, dissected gosh. eventually. So that's kind of gross. So like, that would be <laughs> a good thing to like, you know, outsource. Mm-hmm. But, um, so we've done co-ops, uh, my boys have both done, my older two have both done, like we call it PSEO and it's like college in high school. So they're uh-huh. taking college courses in high school for free and earning college credit. Um, and then they kind of take those either they can go to the college and do those. Um, or there's what we're doing right now is there's a, like a, like a homeschool co-op that has a proctor from the college that comes Mm. in, like teaches them once a week. So they get their lecture once a week and then they have assignments when they come home. Uh, we do those, my, I just, um, I, I'm kind of a rebel when it comes to what we are choosing to read and like choosing to do because there's so much good stuff out there that I do feel like when they have those outside classes, they tend to kind of pour all of their energy into those. And so then my things that the things that I assign, I find that they're kind of like, Oh, that's just for mom. We'll just put it off or whatever. And I'm talking like Mm. more on the older end of things. It may be different when they're younger, but, um, you know, this is just a personal preference. Mm -hmm. I think that if you feel like you're really not a good planner or you really need that accountability or you need somebody else helping you to structure what your kids should be doing, I think that it can be a good thing. Uh, it would just depend on the program, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm very picky about like what we sign up for. So it would just, it would just depend a lot, but, um, I think that in certain cases it could work really, really well for people. Okay. So, right. Know yourself say, and know it. Yeah. Y- yeah. Know yourself. And I think that, uh, one thing I will say though, is that there seems to be like, uh, and this has been going since before 2020, um, both of my boys, my older two have done co-ops and both of them had said, and I've talked to leaders of co-ops that there's a lot of people pulling their kids out of school and they don't really want a homeschool, but they don't really want them in public school either. So it, they're totally hands off. And I think that this could be like a big downside to doing a hybrid. They're very hands off. Uh, so they don't really know what their kids are doing. They don't really know what they're reading or who their friends are or mm-hmm what they're doing all day, um, during the week, they're just going to work and leaving their teenagers at home. And then their, their teenager will go to co-op like once a week or twice a week for the entire day. So to me, I, I would need to know more what's going on. Um, and, yeah, and I think the kid needs that too, because I think that they, you know, 
it's kind of a lonely life to be home alone oh, yeah. all day. Yeah. And then also to just, it feels to me a little bit like you don't have that adult in your life. That's like kind of watching over you a little bit closer. You're kind of on your own for most of the yeah. week. Yeah. That and doesn't so, seem healthy at all or like, right. Wise. And so I would say like, that is a, a little strange that I've seen in the last several years. And my, one of my kids that was at a co-op, he was like, mom, honestly, it, this is mostly public school kids that just got out of public school like yesterday. Wow. And there's hardly any, uh, people that have been homeschooling for very long at all. Wow, so interesting. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if this yeah. is just our area or if this is like a new phenomenon or what, but I, I think that when you decide to take your kids out of school, mm-hmm you have taken on the responsibility of, of educating yes. them, whether right. or not you're doing a hybrid or a co-op or whatever, like that's right. on you now. Yeah. And it's something that you should take seriously. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, that I had not even heard of this or yeah, that, that would be a concern for sure. Especially with those older kids, because yeah, I, I feel like it'd be hard to get away with that with like a third grader, right? Like they need, right. they do need help. And I can't imagine a parent like leaving them home to do that by themselves. But yeah, when you get into high school, that, that would be a real concern. Um, okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, and then what is just practically what is required by each state in order to do this in terms of tracking and logging? You know, honestly, I'm not a very, I'm not, I said, I'm not type a, I'm not great at that my accountant gets on me because, you know, I'm not really tracking my miles correctly. Like I'm that person who's, who's really just not good at like being consistent. I'll start something and then not. So that part overwhelms me. So tell us like, Mm -hmm. what do we need to know to make sure we're doing this legally? And, you know, I guess keeping track of what we need to keep track of. Yeah. So every state is a little bit different. And so that's a kind of a hard one to answer, but I will mm-hmm. say that there are some amazing organizations out there that have done all the work for you. So one of them is HSLDA. It's Homeschool Legal Defense mm-hmm. Association. It's a great idea just to join their association. I think it's like a hundred dollars a year or whatever. So if there's ever any issues with the state and they want to get in your business or maybe overstep their bounds or something like that, um, they, they're lawyers that are just on call for you for a hundred dollars a year, which is pretty Mm -hmm. good. So then they also just have lots of other services that you can use, but for free, if you want to just go to their website, I think it's hslda.org. There's a, a map that you can click on your state and it will tell you exactly what you need to do per state. A lot of times you just have to fill out an exemption form saying, Hey, I'm going to homeschool my kids. They're not going to be in school. Some require immunization records, some require uh, yearly testing. My state in Minnesota, I have to do an exemption form, which I just realized I didn't send in this year yet. (laughs) We'll do that. Um, There's me with my uh, Mm -hmm. type A personality, which I actually am more type A, but I forgot the form. Anyway, um, it's super simple. It's not that hard to like keep on top of it, but yeah, I forgot it anyway. Um, so we just have to fill out a form, send that into our district. And then we have to test every year, but we don't have to send in those results. Like we're just required to give our kids a standardized test. And then if something happens and they ever want to audit you, um, they could ask for those test results. So Mm -hmm. I just, we just do it. 
we take our tests every spring. And then when I get their results back, I just put them in a file and that's about like, like an about. SAT test or something. Yeah. Like a, like we do like Stanford and there's like the Iowa or the cat, um, okay. you know, like we all did in school probably. Yeah. Um, I care very little about the tests. I, I think they're silly. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think they actually test like real knowledge, but it is kind of interesting to see like if my kid was in school, where would yeah. they be testing? And it's so funny because I've always said I'm not a great science mom and my kids always absolutely excel at the science stuff. And that's just mm -hmm. from reading, like just yeah. reading and like <laughs> their own personal interests. Yeah. Right. It's so yeah. funny. I'm like, oh, wait, you just tested as like a college freshman in science and you're in seventh grade. That's wow. not, you know, but it's just, again, I don't know how accurate they are. I think tests sure. are kind of like silly, but that's yeah. what we're required in Minnesota. Okay. And it's, it's not too bad, but definitely check your own state. Mm -hmm. They're all pretty much like that. Some require a little bit more, some require a little bit less. I know like some States, South Dakota just passed a bunch of legislature that they don't have to do anything. Okay. So it, I think Montana doesn't have to do anything. There's some yeah. that don't require even a form. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. And that kind of touches on, um, the ability that one of my favorite aspects of homeschool is that you get to focus in on the things you're passionate about. I mean, right. I think as a student, like I loved and I've always loved grammar. And so in sixth grade, I was doing my Shirley grammar. I, yes. I was done with it by about this time in October. So it probably took me a month or two. I just loved it. I was just flying through. And my mom was like, I guess we'll start you on the next one. Here you go. Here's the seventh grade book. Cause I was just like, yeah, I want to keep going. I love it. And I mean, I, I can't say that I would want to, you know, dissect sentences today and encode things the, the way that I was really into at the time. But just looking back, like I always, because of that, I had an awareness that I'm really good at English. I'm good at writing. I like writing. I enjoy this. This, I like uh, writing papers. I don't mind that. I like reading, you know, all of those things fed into my knowledge, just my own awareness of what I was good at, my gifts, like where, and my parents would affirm that and notice things. And and that helped me form kind of an idea of like what I would want to do, you know, and that's in high school, did yearbook um, at my, at my hybrid program. And that really solidified that I wanted to go into journalism. And so I got, you know, went to journalism school and you know, hearing him help with a podcast. It's it's funny because, you know, although I didn't go into the official, like, I'm going to go write for a newspaper route. Um, I did, I did know that I had these giftings and these abilities and enjoyed that from a, such a young age because I got to focus on them and I got to spend extra time on them. And it wasn't like, Hey, yeah, like you said, bell rang, it's done. You know, you have to go to the next thing. It's like, you get to, you can, after you're done with your two hours, you can, I want to share with you another new sponsor, and that is Stronghold Art Outfitters. They equip Christians with biblically sound and aesthetically pleasing gear, such as t-shirts, mugs, stickers, bags, and more, giving you the courage to audaciously speak the truth in love and also celebrate the many good things we cherish, like freedom, coffee, and excellent literature. Enjoy the wide variety of one-of-a-kind designs from Stronghold Art Outfitters that encourage hope, truth, and love. Their designs are super cute. Trust me, go check them out on Instagram at Stronghold Art. Their Save the Babies t-shirt, um, profits from that go to the Piedmont 
Women's Center in Greenville, South Carolina. And this is the shop that you may remember started on Etsy, but some listings were removed because of the woke policies there. And so they had their XX equals real, real woman t-shirt removed. And so um, now you can buy everything through their website at Stronghold Art outfitters.com and you can use code kindled 15 for 15 percent off your order so check their stuff out it's super cute um, i love how they've incorporated aslan and some of my favorite quotes from that series into mugs and shirts and i'm about to be getting a package from them so i will show you some photos on instagram when i get that but go check them out at stronghold art and don't forget to use kindled 15 for 15 percent off your purchase after you finish the rest of your curriculum, like there's no limit to what you can pursue in those areas that you really love. And I think that's something that so many students today, public, private, whatever have lost because we've got kids who are not being shepherded or guided into really identifying what are their areas of interest, their strengths. They're then going to college with no clue. And they're going and paying thousands of dollars to get degrees in something that they just learned about yesterday that they might be interested in, but they're not sure because they've never done it. And changing degrees two years in or three or four years in, um, as my husband did, you know, and like be and taking seven years to get an undergrad and spending so much money, you know, losing credits. Like I the 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 amount of things that are happening that don't have to happen because people yeah. don't really know you know, they, they never were given that opportunity and they were not, and some of that's on the parent. I think parents can do a better job of that if, even if you're in private school, but, or public, but, um, but yeah, I see that as a, a huge negative to not having the freedom and flexibility to just kind of focus in on those things that you're good at. You know, we're all okay. different. Like your sons maybe are, are science nerds and my girls love writing and art. And the fact that I know that about them, like I can allow them to kind of flourish in those areas and, maybe challenge them more in those things. And, and that I think they're going to love that, you know? So I think that's just such a, such a plus when it comes to how you schedule your, or think about your curriculum, what you want your kids to do. I think that's such a huge bonus. It's so, it really is so upside down the way that kind of the system works and how we all just kind of get funneled into the exact same lane. And you have this list of majors, just pick one. And it's like, well, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for certain people to go to college or, you know, whatever. But I do think like this is a large part of parent problem, because I think that as parents, we do have kind of this peer pressure or we're looking around like, oh my gosh, like nobody else is doing this. And everybody else's kids are going to college. Like they they probably should go, like they're going to be the only ones that don't. And we're going to look silly at our, you know, at our HOA meeting or whatever. Like we can't like, we can't do that. Like we can't look Mm -hmm. around. The most important thing right now as we're raising our kids is, is our family and like to keep everybody moving in the direction that makes sense for your family. And so if that means that you do a hybrid, then you do that. Mm -hmm. If that means that your teenager goes to trade school, then you do that. Mm -hmm. If it means that they go to a four-year school, you know, with wisdom and discernment, then they do that. We're so into this. I don't know. We're just, we're just all doing the same rat race and it makes no sense to me. And when you step out of it, it does feel kind of scary because it's like, oh my gosh, like there's nobody else. Like there's nobody Mm -hmm. else doing this. I remember when my oldest, um, when my oldest was a senior 
And he was like, I really have no interest in going to college, mom. And I was like, well, then don't. And he's like, are you sure? Like he was kind of feeling like that too. Like, like most of my friends are going and Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's okay. And you know, he tried some things and he changed his mind a few times and now he's doing something that he really enjoys. And he doesn't have any student debt because of those mistakes, because those mistakes are, I don't even want to call them mistakes. Like those things that he tried, you know, it would, you know, okay, I'm going to try a semester of Mm -hmm. this trade school. It costs like $600. And then he was like, that's not for me. He moved on to the next thing. He wasn't taking out loans. He wasn't, you know, radically upsetting his life to do something that to go have an experience, which is it's, primarily why they're going, let's be honest. It is. They want to party yeah, or yeah. they want to like, I don't know. They want to feel independent from mom and dad and try their, right. you know, flap their little wings. And and it's like, you can do that other ways. You you totally right. do not have to go spend $10,000 a semester to do that. You just don't. Right. And so I think with like, it's like, you know, if you have a, like a worldview that is of the world, then that's, that's the way you're going to make your decisions. But I mm-hmm. get extremely frustrated with Christians yeah. that cannot see that it's okay to do something right. different. And I see this a lot in the homeschool world too. It's like you homeschool and you do all the sweet things and you're doing all the living books and, you know, the science fairs and stuff when they're little. And it's like something changes when they get to high school. And there's Mm -hmm. so many homeschool parents that are Christians that are like, oh my gosh, like we got to be getting all these college credits. We got to be what what, we got to go visit colleges. We got to get them into this, you know, Ivy league or whatever. And I'm like, why, whose desire is this? Is this your desire or is Mm -hmm. it your child's desire? Are you feeling pressure from other people? Like, let's just focus and do what's right for our family and not base it on what the world tells us to do. So mm-hmm. personal, personal pet peeve for sure. <laughs> well, no, I think that's really valid. And it is, it is like you said, if you're going to break out of the system, break out of the system, like take, you know, don't take the things that are not worth taking. Like if, if there's really something that's great, then, okay. You know, look at how you can incorporate that into your own setup. But when it comes to, yes, like college, I don't, for so many people, it doesn't make sense. For so many people, it is just this expectation. And I totally get, we do have to think differently. We were raised, I was totally raised thinking college was a non-negotiable. Um, yeah. Only successful people go to college and only unsuccessful people don't. And I remember, you know, as it, I think I was the first generation where that thinking started to shift as I got into my first job, because I looked around and I saw there are people getting hired that like have less experience than me in higher positions of, you know, making more money. And it started to like turn the whole system on its head. Like, oh, so it has less to do with putting your time in or having that degree, but, and more to do with, can you do the job? Like, do you know, like I was a web designer for my first, first job at Adventist healthcare in Rockville, Maryland. And I had no like almost no experience doing web design, but I could do, I I was able to do the job. And so I got hired and it started to flip everything on its head. Like, so if I didn't have to go, I just almost like I had to have a piece of paper. It didn't have to do with really, did I learn web design? I took one class, one class that did not really equip me with what I needed for my job. And so it was funny because I realized like, oh, so maybe it isn't really all that essential. Now, yes, I learned other things and I'm not saying it was a waste and I met my husband there. So God used that, but 
I did, it did make me start to really think differently as I saw, yeah, you, you do not have to, for so many jobs, unless you're going to be slicing people open or prescribing medicine or, you know, those types of things, being a lawyer, you, you don't have to assume that that's a, that's a requirement. Like that's kind of a worldly idea. Um, it might be right for you, but it might not. And just to think really critically and ask, what do you really want to be doing? Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm so thankful that more and more parents are waking up to that and realizing just as well, how higher education is like indoctrination 2.0, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, as, as bad as any of us know, high school is college is 10 times worse, 10 times worse, because then you're really away from the influence of your parents and you're taking queer theory, feminist lit, and, you know, they have some of this at Christian colleges, right? So it's, it's wild. It is wild. And it's sad to me because there is there are so many amazing works of art and literature and topics to study that you that kids are being robbed of really because if you're studying queer theory that means you're not studying something else that's actually a value right. so you're robbing them of that time you're you're stripping them of that education that they should be getting for what they're paying for I mean, yeah. they're not learning actually about what economics are. They're 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 learning about feminism. Like that's such a it's such a travesty because they're yeah. paying out the nose for being educated and 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 they should be going away smarter, not dumber. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. think every single one is I, you know, I don't think every single degree is a waste. I think that there are yeah. some worthwhile things that you should go, you know, that and we need Christian doctors, right? We need yeah. Christian therapists, we need Christian um lawyers and accountants, and we need all those. Uh, and so there are some Christians that are gonna have to step into the lion's den and yeah. get their education, you know, right. at at those schools. But it is definitely not for everybody. And it's definitely yeah. not where I believe you should go to like figure out what you should do with life. Right. <laughs> like, no, totally. Oh, they'll tell you exactly who you should be in life. Yes. And there's something to be said for as parents, just guiding your kids, and especially your older kids, like helping them to think critically and, and making sure that when they get to that point, as far as it depends on you, as much as you can that they're equipped to go into that environment before you send them. Because right. frankly, if they're not, don't be paying the bills. <laughs> don't be paying for that tuition. Like don't go send your shaky on the rocks, um, you know, teenage girl who doesn't know who she is and is struggling with a number of a myriad of issues into a super liberal arts, you know, state school where she's going to go have all of her questions solidified all of the doubts be pushed to the forefront all of the you know whatever you've put poured into her in terms of faith and religion question and torn down and deconstructed if she's struggling please don't go pay for her tuition to do that like why would you do that it's so hateful i don't understand it's not loving to give her this experience because she wants to get outside of her mom and dad's home and just like f- see what it's like in the world and make friends and be in whatever like it's just it's so not worth it. And I'm obviously passionate about this because I have family members who this has happened to, and it's yeah. very disturbing the ways that they have come away from those experiences so much worse off. Oh my gosh. Like college ruined them, like so in sad. all intents and purposes, like truly ruined their lives. And it's really sad to see. Um, I just wish parents would kind of function as parents. Like you don't stop being a parent because your kid turns 18. Like, I know where did we get this idea? Like, well, I, I have thoughts on it, but I won't go into it. I do think it's kind of a generational 
mm-hmm. idea that we're like, okay, we're done. We're just, we're mm-hmm. done. And I'm like, well, God doesn't say that you're done. Actually, yeah. you're, you're never done. If your children right. are still there, you're, you're still a parent, no matter right. how old they are. Right. And I would say too, like for the, for the kids that do end up going to college, like I have one kid that, that has a lot of interest in being a midwife. And so that child would need a, a nurse's degree of some sort. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we would, you can, I mean, we all live within an hour of a college, right? right. So if you can do it, have that kid go to college where that they can still live at home. And so at least that they're coming home at night to a normal place and they still kind of have that family foundation, even though they're kind of, they're stepping out and they're getting their education. So then hopefully by the end of that time that they're getting their degree and what they need to do, then they've done the degree. They've been subjected to all of the crazy stuff, Mm -hmm. but they've still had their family there the whole time. And they made it out on the other side. And, Mm -hmm. um, not that, it, you know, like you said, nothing is irredeemable. Like God can sure. redeem anybody, yeah. but if you can avoid it, let's just yeah. do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> let's I just love avoid that. it. Yeah. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, that was seriously such a fun conversation to have. It's, it just felt like talking with a friend. Um, I mean, I'm talking with a friend, but just chatting with another mom who kind of gets it and sees, sees things the way I do is always encouraging. It always kind of inspires me to be a better mom, to be a better, more godly example to my kids, and just to think kind of long-term about the things that seem hard today. I love so much of what we talked about, but that is only part one. We're going to have a part two, bring Alicia back on to kind of dig deeper into that college conversation because we didn't plan to go there, but it did. It was clear that we both really had opinions on this this topic that I think uh, still feels like it's evolving in terms of like the Christian consciousness about it or the Christian conversation around college. Um, I, I don't see it t- being talked about a whole lot. And I think it's, I think it's something that we really need to lean into and think very critically and think wisely and just use a lot of discernment as parents, as we are raising our kids, as we're talking to them about the future, as we're helping cast vision for their lives. And so we will have her back on and next week's episode is going to be um, diving even deeper into that conversation about, you know, does my kid need to go to college and how to think through that for your individual child. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So come back here next week for part two. In the meantime, find me on Instagram at Haley, H-A-L-E-Y dot Kindled. And I will see you next week.